0: Welcome to the family with...
1: Don't be a drag, be a queen. Whether you're broke or evergreen.
2: <laughs> okay. Do right. some more Peloton, did you? <laughs> oh Lady Gaga. Yep. Catherine Brand, <laughs> And Andy <laughs> Rappenhardt.
0: We'll be right back. Stephen Cyrus, is, I don't know if it's Sefer, is it Sefer? I assume it's we'll
2: Sefer, what? or per, perhaps Safer. It's S-E-P-H-E-R. We'll figure yeah, out. but it's Middle Eastern, so... The Steven East. Cyrus Safer?
0: Could be. We'll go with Safer or Safer, but anyway, Stephen will be with us right after this with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the
3: latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries By the way, for the first time ever, Coon Rapids Nissan was number one in the state, and Burnsville was number two. Your Altima was actually one of the cars that put JLO on top.
0: To learn more about short-term leasing, stop into Burnsville Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. What do you think of that action? And just let me know when... Now, it could be Stephen or Stefan. I know it's Cyrus. And it could be Sefer or Sefer or Sefer.
1: <laughs> so many.
0: There's some options. Don't you think there are options? Yes. So, Andy, just let me know when he's ready to go, and, and we'll find out right from him what the, the latest is, all right? Can do. All right. So what else is going on in the world? Everything good?
2: Well, I and think I he's calling in right now. So yeah, that's
0: going on? You haven't even checked it, what, if anything's going on in the world?
1: Mm-mm, I've been blissfully ignorant of what's going on in the world today. <laughs>
0: well, I can tell you one thing I you're not going to like. Uh
1: enjoy that a lot.
0: What? Uh, the uh, Department of Education, United States Department of Education, released some stats uh, today. Yeah. Apparently, uh, 54% of Americans cannot read beyond the level of a sixth grader. Hmm. That is not good news. I what? am here yeah. to tell
1: you. 54% of, like, people that should be able to read?
0: Yep. Oh, Cannot be, be on
2: the level of a sixth grader.
1: <clears throat> wow. Well, we've been saying that our education system has been sucking for a long time. Well, they need to Apparently, it's out. true. Well,
2: I hear Stephen is an excellent reader. So, yay, Stephen. I heard or Stephen. Is it Stephen or Stephen? It's Stephen.
4: Stephen Cyrus Safair. <laughs> it's
0: Safair. Okay. Stephen Cyrus Safair. See. We were guessing on, on several pronunciations. So, Stephen, <laughs> you can read, I heard, beyond the level of a sixth grader. That's good. That, that is correct. <laughs> no, I'm, gl- I'm glad to hear it. That's yeah, good. it's uh, one of those situations where people, apparently, uh, the United States Department of Education released some stats yesterday that said that the 54% of the Americans cannot read beyond the level of a sixth grader. So that's not good news, Stephen.
4: That is not. Uh, it's actually sad. I'm sorry
0: to hear that. No, it's very, no. very sad. But it's shocking. There's good news out there because I'm looking for a movie to watch. What do you think I should go see or watch <laughs> on television, Stephen? Mm. What do you? What would you recommend?
1: Well,
4: well, you know, I would, I would recommend a
1: film that Bruce Willis just did called
4: Deadlock. <laughs> oh, fancy that! Uh, <laughs> fancy that, Stephen. <laughs>
1: Bruce Willis. Uh, <laughs> uh, like
0: an actor, writer, yeah, producer. I... <laughs> Go ahead, sir. I'll do your intro yes, after
4: that sorry. comment. No, no, please. I, I was listening to your show the other day. Uh, um, uh, you, you guys are great. You guys are uh, uh, fun-loving, easygoing, and I quite enjoyed it. Um, um, Thank let's you. Let's see. Uh, yeah, I mean, Deadlock is a film uh, that I executive... Produced along with uh, some of the producers, and we, uh, you know, uh, we made the film in Georgia. And it's uh, it's an action movie. I play Bruce Willis's right hand man in the film. I play a guy named Gator of all all names. Um, Gator. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> he uh Gatorable.
1: Gator. Is it filmed in Florida?
4: Yes, Gator, Gator. And huh?
1: Is it filmed in Florida? Is that why you're Gator? <laughs> Just guessing. I don't know.
4: No, it's actually funny. No, actually, uh, it, it, it's filmed in Georgia, but the character is from Florida. Mm, and, uh, yeah. you know, and, yeah, you know, we had some, yeah, yeah, yeah. some fun with it. And, and I don't know if you guys know the storyline of it. Do you?
0: I do. No, I, well, I, I do, actually, because I, I read it up. Uh, you sent it to Bruce Willis, starring as Ron Whitlock, a wanted criminal leading a team of mercenaries on a mission of vengeance. Mm. Why didn't you call me? I'd love to go on a mission of vengeance. I would love to do that. <laughs> it's my kind of deal, Stephen. I'll tell you that. You know,
4: <laughs> you guys are funny. In, uh, in, You know, actually, I made several movies out in the South. I made a film called uh, "Bus Six Five Seven Heist," which I wrote, oh, yeah. and produced, and co-starred with uh, Robert, Robert De Niro, and uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Dave Batista. That was back in 2000, I believe.
0: That was in two uh, no, thousand
4: Seven, eight. Oh, I was gonna say. <laughs> I'm sorry. 2016, 2016, Yeah, there you go. Jesus, I'm there sorry. You,
0: <laughs> uh, you just named a couple of my and, favorite uh, actors in the world. Man. I love the oh yeah, no, I understand. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. I, I would, I would tell you, honest to God, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, I think, is a highly underrated actor. I
3: really like his stuff.
4: You're, you're absolutely right. Actually, it was, you know, interesting uh, talking about that movie, Bus 657. Then the studio, which was Lionsgate, turned it into heist for some reason, Um, you know, when De Niro read the script originally, he's the one who came on board for that film, and then after that, I mean, then we went to Jeffrey Dean Morgan, and he jumped on board pretty quickly, and, you know, he's, uh, you're right about what you're saying, he's extremely underrated, I think he's a tremendous actor, and the film, you know, some of these independent action films are not easy to make, you know, uh, you're limited with budgets. And we did the best we could. And I think it, we had like seven stars in that film, which was pretty amazing. So, And that was uh, uh, filmed in uh, in Mobile, Alabama. So, oh, you know, again, sure. it was a
0: good time. I understand that completely. You know, I, I do have to ask you a question, Stephen, because you would have the answer to this. I do not understand. You know, I hop on, uh, let's say, a site like Voodoo once in a while. Voodoo has lots of uh, movies for rent, or you can buy them or whatever. And I, to tell you the truth, I've always liked uh, Bruce Willis, All going all the way back to what was it called? Honey, what was it called?
1: Honeymoon? or What, what was it called? Uh, not that you said yeah. that. Moonlighting. moonlighting. Moonlighting.
0: Yeah, not yeah. honeymoon, but moonlighting, moonlighting. exactly. Bartender <laughs> in New York, I believe, in the Hell's Kitchen District, and somebody found him, starred in that. I like Bruce Willis, but what I'm asking you here, Stephen, is when you go on these rating systems like Rotten Tomatoes and all that kind of stuff... He's one of those actors yeah. that gets a lot of zero. What is that about people that, oh, I hate everything he does? <laughs> what is that?
4: <laughs> yeah. Okay, I love the question. So um, so first and foremost, I'll tell you about these online ratings, number one. Yeah, yeah. Um, when, when, an, when, a, when you make a film like this, you know, the studio picks it up usually. They give you a deal up front say, okay, if you make this film, we'll distribute it, right? Uh, mm-hmm. That's a little different than where say Universal or Paramount says, "We're making this movie from scratch." The difference is is that when that happens, when a UN Studio comes in from, from the get-go, it, 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 they put a marketing team behind it, and they uh, market it on, on, on uh, social media and everywhere they can to get this thing done. So when you're an independent group that has a paper from a studio, they will distribute once you' finish you're kind of uh, exposed, and there's a lot of trolls out there in the, in the world of uh, Internet. And, you know, you make a good movie, and they, 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 they start knocking it, and they start talking uh, right. you know, bad things about it. So that's one thing that's really part of that world, you know, for independent films. Um, in regards to Bruce Willis, you know, he's made a lot of movies lately. Uh, he has a, a niche now for himself as an action guy. He comes in, you know, he does the work and, and, and his name sells the film. So I think some people are just disappointed probably in, in that aspect of it. Um, but, you know, uh, he's still an amazing actor. I mean, you know, it's funny you bring up Moonlighting. When I first met him uh, on the set, actually at the hotel, and I told him, I said, look, we studied your Moonlighting uh, chemistry tape sure. with Phil yep. Shepard for the show before you were hired. And he was like, wow, really? I said, yeah. I said, this is, so once we established that rapport with him, once that happened, he was he was very gracious, gracious, very giving actor. So he's an extremely, really nice guy. So, you know, people are going to talk. You can't, you can't, you know, everybody's got an opinion.
0: You know, yeah, that is yeah. unabsence. I know not it's going to be hard for you this to believe, but there are people who don't like me. I know it's hard to believe. <laughs>
1: My wife is laughing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Exactly. See, there we go. We can make a movie together about a a, a morning show and a podcaster that no one likes. That'd be good. That'd be fantastic. Work like a
4: charm. It's not. And it's successful. That's kind of (laughs) weird.
0: Yeah, that's good. Well, you know, we had talked about that a little bit this morning, and I'll get back on topic in a second here. But basically right now, and I God, I can't remember the actor I was talking to about this, but I said, why are we in a situation right now where 54% of people can't read beyond the level of a sixth grader? We do nothing but argue from the far right and the far left. We're all stuck in the middle of that. And nobody's happy with yeah. anything. Everything you do sucks, and I hate it. Can you ever be happy? It just, it's bizarre, Stephen.
4: You know, that is so true. And it's, I think, I think, you know, I was watching this thing on, on Netflix, uh, and it was about the uh, social dilemma of social media or something like that. And it was talking about how the this, uh, this, uh, social media, social networks manipulate your, your behavior online. And I think what happens is they start feeding, for example, if you like, you know, ex-politician or ex-so-and-so or somebody in the, in the, in the limelight, uh, you start seeing more and more of what you want to see on your feed. So I think there's a big division because of that because I had a I had a, an actor friend of mine, ironically, uh, post some things about just crazy, crazy, like really weird, like far off. I'm like and I commented on it. He 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 started like coming after me and like trying to block me. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> it's just, that's that's makes... the issue, honestly. I mean, I'm not, I'm not an expert by any means to talk about this, but I think people are just being divided, and I think there needs to be some kind of a, just like, you know, I mean, you know, when you're on live on television, there's a little, you know, uh, a delay, four-second delay or two-second you know, There's got to be some kind of control because it's the wild, wild west right now on social media.
0: Oh, there's no question about it. An example of that, it's, I, I do a morning show. And by the way, Stephen, you should come on my morning show as well. It's a, a highly rated morning show here in, uh, in uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Um, I'd love to have you on to talk about this I movie as to. well because we, we have a really nice audience. But it, it just it was one of those deals this morning. We were talking about this very same thing that, that people are not happy and they do nothing but argue. I think you know I gave you the example because I'm a little older than you, Stephen. In the 1960s, after the death of JFK, it was one of the most miserable seven-year periods of anyone's life because then his brother got killed, and MLK got killed, and then my neighborhood was burned to the ground in the riots in 1967. And we're headed that way again. Oh, wow. It's just disgusting, right? I, I just don't, I don't understand yeah. what that's all about. So uh, somebody said, did you see what was just posted on social media? And I said, no. And they said, listen to this. At Tom Bernard, remember what he said in
4: 1987? It's like, what? <laughs> oh, okay. It's just, yeah. why are people Listen, so I miserable? Mean, Tom, for, what it's worth, for what it's worth, people are going to do that all day long. There's no way one can control that aspect
0: of things. No, of I know. things. You're absolutely right. Okay, so back to the movie, which I'm going to watch today Deadlock um, is the name of the movie. Yeah. Patrick Muldoon, Bruce Willis. Uh, Matthew Marsden's in it, Ava Paloma's in it, but the real star is Steven. Let's not forget that. Okay. I'm just telling the world that the well, real you know, star. It's
4: funny, You know, I have to tell
0: you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. You know, you got you, you to gotta come to Minnesota and hang out, man. Anybody laughs as much as you do is the kind of guy I want to hang I around with, it. I'll tell you. Absolutely. I love
4: to. One of my roommates, uh, one of my roommates uh, this guy named Adam, uh, I'll keep his last name out, uh, he, he was from Minnesota, and we were roommates for seven years. I get along with, uh, with uh, you know, uh, Adams and the and like very, very, very well. You know, uh, the thing about uh, playing this, this character, uh, Gator, uh, <laughs> it, it was actually interesting. Let me just tell you a little bit about the experience about that. Love it. You know, uh, we thought that we are going to play Gator, great. You know, that's going to be good. So I figured this guy's a bulldog, and he's constantly looking for a fight, uh, my character in the film looking Mm -hmm. for, you know, going after Patrick Wilson, just looking for a fight. And I I played him that way. I played him that is, like, just kind of, uh, I'm going to hit first and then ask questions later. And I watched the film when it was done, and I was giggling because that's not who I am. But people will see that because I've done it before. I played a gangster in a film that I directed called Dead on Arrival, which we also shot in Louisiana. And I played a mafia gangster. And uh, we, we we were in the Louisiana Film Festival, and when the lights came on, you know, you know, we came out. and There was an applause, and people were looking at me like I was a real kid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. He'll he'll kill us if we don't applaud. <laughs>
4: that might yeah, be you can apply that towards uh, reviews,
1: so maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, true. Yeah.
4: so it's it's, it's that, that aspect of things where people actually believe it. Uh, so I, I took I took the same approach and just kind of lived in the moment with this character uh, in, in deadlock as well. But, yeah, it just seems that I play these guys sometimes. What can I tell you, man?
0: No, I like it. I, <laughs> I like it a lot. i want to do the synopsis for the the listeners now. Bruce Willis stars as Ron Whitlock, a wanted criminal leading a team of mercenaries on a mission of vengeance, convinced that the government is working against them. The Merciless Group brutally seizes an energy plant, holds everyone inside hostage, With a nearby town on the brink of massive flooding and destruction, it's up to one retired elite army ranger, Mac Carr, Patrick Muldoon, to save thousands of innocent lives before it's too
1: late.
0: (laughs) I threw that last part in, by the
4: way. So, So here's what I suggest. Here's what I suggest. Grab a beer. Have some popcorn, don't think
0: too hard about it, and just enjoy the film. Well, I'm in radio, so I don't think too hard anyway, but it all works out in the end. Um, I I cannot, uh, seriously, I love these kind of movies. I have uh, never met, I I have some friends that know Bruce Willis pretty well, and they think the world of the guy, he goes up to Montana, I think it is a lot, or Utah, or one of those places, he's always hanging out there, and I got some friends out there, and the people that I know that know him like him and other people tell me he's really hard to get along with, but I, I don't know. I, the people that I know that, that know him like him a lot. Yeah. I think just to add my
4: two cents to this, uh, the situation with Bruce Willis, you know, I met him in person on this film. Uh, he was super nice. Um, he was very gracious as an actor. I tell you an interesting uh, thing that happened. I think people should know about this, you know, um, I got on the set. Uh, he knew I was playing the character, his right-hand man, and 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 I I did a couple of what you do, what you call blocking, where you you know you you take a couple of steps where you're going to stop. You know, you you stop at a certain place where the camera knows you're stopping. Then you have your dialogue, and then you know it continues. So I did that. I took a couple of steps back, and I took a couple of steps forward, which was right next to his chair. He was sitting down. He was looking at me doing it, and. Uh, he looked at me, and there was a sandbag sitting on his, on his chair. And he looked at me as a mega movie star. He took the sandbag and it put it down as a placement for me to stop. He was helping my, my character, my role. I was like, wow, this is pretty, that's pretty graceful. That's really cool, yeah. man. The you know, like, guy didn't have to do that at all. You know, And he did. So, look, um, no one's perfect. Right? Everybody's got a yeah, sure. here and there, but my experience, he's fantastic. He's a, he's a super guy.
0: See, yeah, I'm glad to hear that because it's just uh, we need more of that right now. It, I'm very serious about this, and I'll get off off of the t- topic very quickly. But I am becoming more and more concerned about the divisions in this uh, in the world, but particularly in the United States. It's going to yeah. get very violent if we don't stop this because that's exactly what happened in the 1960s. People got really violent and started killing everybody, like the Kennedys and MLK, and go down the list. It's got to yeah. stop.
4: Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know what's funny? You keep uh, you bring up uh, JFK. I was commissioned to write a screenplay about uh, JFK. Um, well, it was actually a police officer back in Dallas. Uh, it was a sheriff deputy, uh, and and uh, we got the rights, his life story, and and I wrote the script. and I started doing research about JFK and getting to that whole world in the 1960s. And there was a lot of corruption, and you know there was a lot yep. of things that I figured out when you back engineered the whole thing into what ha- actually happened, and the, the the BS that they fed to the people that one man shot. There's just no way. There's just no right. way. And and looking at all the facts, uh, so when you bring this up and you're comparing it to our times today, I think I'm hoping one can hope that it's a little different world, and people will take the the higher road
0: of, of things than back then, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, on the morning show, I, on this morning I had a guest on, does a podcast about the MLK uh, killing, and he made a statement on the air, and he says he can prove it, that uh, James Earl Ray was not the guy who shot MLK, that he was brought in to play the fall guy, that he was involved, but he's not yeah. the one who shot uh, MLK. I mean, it's, that's pretty yeah. fascinating if that's true. Yeah. Because it's exactly what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah.
4: You know, absolutely. You know, it's funny. Um, I did about six to eight months of research before I wrote the, the script. The script is called The Deputy. It's about a deputy, uh, 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 Roger uh, Roger Craig. Uh, and he was the guy that basically said, no, 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 this didn't happen. They kicked mm-hmm. him off the force uh, in Dallas, uh, and they basically tried to kill him five times. And I think on the fifth time, you uh, he shot himself with a shotgun that was about ten feet away from his bed, so that's kind of weird. And <laughs> that's hard, gun to <laughs> it's hard to do. That's uh, hard to do. It's a far reach, you know, and, and it just yeah. goes on and on and on. And it's yeah, it's it's sad, it's sad, but you know, I was sitting in front of a producer and I was pitching him this, this script. This is about two, three years ago, and uh, this is a very big producer who's done some really big movies in Hollywood, and he goes, no, 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 no. I know uh, I know the people that were involved. No, 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 it's, it's Oswald. He was so convinced. I was like, like okay, yeah. well, you're not the guy nope. for this. But it was, this is time to change, you know? People believe what they want to believe.
0: Steven, I will tell you, and maybe you know this, maybe you don't, but Dennis Miller, very, very funny comedian back in the day, uh, was on stage. Uh, we were we we're at the uh, Kravis Center in uh, West Palm Beach, Florida, and we went to see Dennis Miller. And he walks on stage and and the JFK uh, assassination came up. Uh, He said, I have a question for you about the police department in Dallas. Because I'm assuming um, the couple of days after or the day after JFK was shot, they would have more people guarding the precinct. And so did the guy downstairs, did he call up to the uh, captain and say, hey, captain, uh, there's a guy at the back door here. Uh, He's a a guy named Jack Ruby, and he uh, owns a local titty bar, and he's got a gun. Should I let him in? (laughs) 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 Which I I thought was brilliant comedy right there. (laughs) It's true. How the hell do you ever get in there with a gun, for Christ's sake?
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's exactly right. You know, the only thing that will uh, change today from back then in the 1960s is that everybody's got a cell phone now and a camera on it right yep. so it's a little bit more difficult to control the narrative yes. of what it is back then oh it was easy to control I'm just oh, just God, yes. I mean they changed the gun uh, they changed the, the gun that supposedly he had uh, that's, I believe it wasn't uh, was that gun it was another gun and as a matter of fact, it was yep. three different guns. it wasn't even one gun but God. but it just keeps going on and this is what they could control back in the day and Ruby. Ruby, you know, this speaking of shooting a film in Louisiana, you know, again we were doing Dead on Arrival, which is on Amazon by right now. If people want to watch Dead on Arrival. It's a good a noir film, uh and it's about this guy. it's based on the original nineteen fifty three and we changed some things around a fun, fun movie uh to do. But when we were in Louisiana we we basically did some more research and just part of this whole thing that we we're doing with the J F K at the time. And um, I think that uh, Carlos Marcelo was the one in Louisiana, correct?
0: Sure. Yeah, New Orleans.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, Ruby used to work for him. Yep. <laughs> and if you do the math, if you, if you do the math, who kicked who kicked Marcelo out of the country? The Kennedys.
0: Yep. No, you're absolutely right. You're 100 percent right. Uh, Steven, do you? I have to take a very quick break. Do you? Is there any specific time you have to be out by?
4: Uh, look, uh, maybe another 10, 15 or five, whatever works for you.
0: It doesn't matter. Okay, why don't we do We'll take a couple-minute break, and then we'll go to the top of the hour. It should be 10 more minutes after the break, if that works for you. Sure, let's do it. All right, we'll be right back more with Stephen uh, Cyrus Safair. The movie, ladies and gentlemen, which I will be watching, as I said. There's no question about it, because... I just happen. I I like Steven even more than Bruce Willis now, so that's just how it is. (laughs) The movie's called Deadlock. We'll talk more about it right after this. And we are back with stretches picks. You know,
1: Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting. Of course, I always recommend betting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest
1: Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes. To keep you comfortable.
0: It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com.
1: Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President and Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company.
3: And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company, Bradley's partner.
1: As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with a lot of multi-generational, family-owned businesses.
0: Tom here to tell you that MyPillow is the best and getting better. MyPillow CEO Mike Lindell has an amazing offer on MyPillow Towels, 100% USA cotton. Originally $109.99 and now a flash sale for $39.99. For a limited time and 60-day money-back guarantee, head to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener specials. Promo code KQRS. Get this great offer and check out the deep discounts on other products. MyPillow.com, enter promo code KQRS. MyPillow.com, promo code KQRS. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Stephen Cyrus Affair, our special guest. Movie's called Deadlock. It is available right now. As a matter of fact, you watching it tonight. As we said, um, Stephen, where, where did you grow up?
4: So I grew up in uh, Los Angeles. Uh California since about 1983. My parents immigrated uh, to the States back in the uh, early 80s, and uh, that's where I grew up. But, you know, um, it was kind of funny because at the time, I, uh, I didn't really have any role models uh, in person, like, you know, just people. But, and I started following Robert De Niro and, you know, just looking mm-hmm. into his work and then started you know, looking at Sylvester Stallone. And then Dean Martin became a big influence, so sure. that's kind of where I picked up all my uh, my the way I speak and the way I, just my behavior. You know, uh, it was tough to grow up in the San Fernando Valley. Uh, there was a, it was a whole different world at the time, but um, so yeah, that's that's my story in a nutshell. That's good. <laughs> my well, you father, have such a good. Father is British, uh,
0: He's British. But, okay. But no, your mother's
4: not British. Curtis oh, I thought Iran. you said. Oh, he's Kurdish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's I'm right. There yeah, you go. Yeah, Kurdish from Iran. So, that's my grand side.
0: Well, you have such a great attitude. You have good parents, apparently, huh? Well,
4: uh, as as much
0: as you hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as much as you can possibly hope. No doubt about it. You you you'd obviously love what you're doing, and that's probably a big part of it. But I wish to tell you the truth, and I'm not trying to. Know, go over the top with us or whatever, but I wish everybody had your attitude during interviews because some people it's like, Jesus, do I have to pull any harder to get you to say a word? You do a very good interview, Stephen.
4: Thank you so much. You know, I have to say this uh, uh, to you regarding just the, the attitude and everything else. Uh, you know, being an artist, I, I'm doing a film, we're putting something together right now with, with some, some, somebody extremely, extremely, uh, you know, big in the industry. And, 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 and I spoke to this individual as an actor for like, you know, two, three hours, um, going about some, you know, the role and this and that. And, and he, he kept on bringing the artist part of this this world, this the artist, being an artist. Because if you're a storyteller, you know, you're an artist, if you're a painter, on and on and on. It's all about being an artist. And there's a lot of sacrifice that goes into being an artist. Right. And, you know, I think a lot of it is, is having something to say is really important and, and. and and being an artist if you just want to be famous forget about it you're wasting your time it, it, right. at this, you know you know maybe you know and it goes back to the parenting that you're talking about You know, like oh you know did you have good parents well no my parents weren't perfect absolutely not uh, but maybe that's why I'm doing what I'm doing and that's why you know I'm dedicated to it uh, believe me when I tell you it's not an easy situation you know being an actor or being a writer or understanding the entire game you know, uh, of it. it takes time and it takes, uh, you know, it takes dedication. So it's not easy. But when there's a moment to, you know, have a conversation with someone like yourself, then, you, you know, if you hold back, then that's on you. That's your mistake, you know, as an actor.
0: I agree. No, I absolutely agree with you on that one. You're, you're on to talk about a movie. You're on to sell a product. There's no question about that. And that's why when people do it and they don't really have any interest in in exchanging ideas and and conversation all the rest of it it just it makes no sense to me you do a good job that's all i'm just telling you you do wherever you learned it they did a good job teaching you and you did a good job listening so that's good (laughs) (laughs) right yeah (laughs) Yeah,
4: you know i i i I appreciate it and and, you know and one thing is you know i'm not trying to drop names uh, because it really doesn't matter uh but the reality is, if you look at some of these big actors and these big directors, uh, that you, they're just people at the end of the day.
0: Yep. Uh, yep. I
4: think, think the facade of, of, of having, a, oh, this is so-and-so, you know, it's in your own mind. They're just normal people who you know, are good at what they do and they've been fortunate enough to do it. And that's really it. There's nothing specifically special about any of them except that they're good at what they do and it made mm-hmm. them known or being famous. That's it. That's it. They're not anyone, they're, they're not,
0: you know, arguing. they're just people. So, no, you're it. absolutely right about that. i got to read this descriptor because I just saw it. I love this. Steven Cyrus Sefer, a stars as Gator, Bruce Willis's right-hand mercenary who in charge, he's in charge of hunting down the film's lead, Patrick Muldoon Safair, plays a ruthless ex-soldier who lives for the hunt and the kill when Bruce Willis actually says the line in the film... Feed him to the gators. He means it.
4: <laughs> That's a great line. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you, know, you know, It's funny. A little behind the scenes. Little behind the scenes on that. You know, uh, when you see the the, the thing, Bruce uh, Willis and myself are standing on top of this this kind of this uh, tower. You know, rusty tower, and there's this waterfall at the bottom, and we throw this, uh, this this cop or this actor after he's his demise into the water and he says freedom to the gators and and he starts laughing and that wasn't in the script and laughing like 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 an evil laugh you know what i mean right so i started laughing <laughs> the two of us are standing on the tower laughing together and it was just this weird moment but it worked you uh, know it was great uh that's not in the scene in the movie they, they made it a little bit more somber them to the Gators and just you know move on, but it blew up into this whole other thing, which you know that's part of being in the moment. And Bruce did that, um, but that's something that you're not going to see in the film, but you just heard about.
0: Yeah, which is. <laughs> Yeah, which I really appreciate. I like the behind-the-scenes stuff. I like that a lot. So, here again, Stephen, I want to, uh, and I will talk to Cassie, our, the booker on this show. She helps me out a lot with the morning show as well. But I'd like to get you booked on the morning show and uh, and talk to you on there. It's got a, a very big audience, and uh, I think you'd have a really good time. I mean, that those interviews are only 10 minutes, so you won't get sick of me. It'll be perfect. <laughs>
4: No, absolutely. Right. Listen, just just let me know. And uh, there's a, there's a couple of really great things coming up uh, that uh, I can talk about probably then. And uh, just fortunate to to have the opportunity to to chat with you this morning a little bit. And uh, thank you for your time on this. Appreciate
0: it. No, oh, Stephen, it was a, a thrill having you on. A great pleasure to have you on. And I look forward to our next conversation and uh, you coming back on this show. I'd love it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank. you. Steven Cyrus Safair,
2: the movie's called Deadlock. Andy, do you watch these kind of movies? Sorry, the uh, slider was still down. Uh, more recently, yeah, but still not that often. But why, we did do you, watch, why do you think? Um, it... Oh, God, what did we watch? We watched something with him in it. With Bruce Willis? Something in about it? him being retired, and they it's like Burn Notice, but not quite. But, oh, okay. Yeah, Red, I think it was called. That was him, right? Who? Bruce Willis? Yeah.
0: I don't know. Red. I can look it up.
2: Or yeah, uh, unless you want to yes, look it up. Yes, it was him. So the, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. The movie's called Red. <laughs> What's it about? Uh. Well, let's see here. The only reason I asked you this, Andy, is because Bruce Willis makes about four or five movies a year. That is God, true. He makes,
2: he makes a lot of movies. He does. Of movies. Basically, he was CIA. He retired, and he knew too much. So they. Oh, see. Yeah. Sounds like Bruce Willis. Sounds like every Bruce Willis movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does, but. Uh, but uh, yeah, enjoy yeah, these uh, light entertainment. Now that I've met Melissa, I watch these kind of things more. Why do you think that is? I wouldn't just watch them by myself, but I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I see. It's like sitting well, there this... watching that kind of thing by yourself is kind of just I don't know. Yeah.
1: Well, this genre is you know not to be taken seriously. Uh, yeah, no. definitely. You know, like our guest was saying, it's like just you know. Lay, sit back, have a beer, and just don't think yep, about exactly. it too much. Because Bruce Willis always—I thought—I I haven't seen a Bruce Willis movie in a really long time. Right. He always had a pretty—he had a good sense of humor. Well, the, the, way uh, he would,
2: the movie yeah. that catapulted him into stardom, I think, was probably Die Hard.
1: Die Hard. That was like sure. his first oh, yeah.
2: really huge mm-hmm. movie, and that was definitely like you know—it was half serious and half funny. Yeah. And that's no question about been. it.
1: Which yeah, <coughs> action movies are can be really fun, or they can just be completely terrible. Um,
2: that is true. The
1: fun ones are actually yeah, I don't mind watching those. Even though those are really not my genre. Your genre. But I'll, like I'll watch. It, I'll like watch it John those.
2: Wick. Because that's pretty much just 100% slaughter. There's no. <laughs> yeah, not a lot of I mean. Humor in that, unless you find like you know, Final Destination type deaths funny.
1: Yeah, I can watch some if, if it has enough sense of humor where you just can't take it seriously. But if it's just like, uh, what was it, Kill Bill? Right. You know, yeah. I, I thought that was actually kind of funny too. So I, I don't mind all the slaughtering if it's done with a sense of humor. Well, Kill Bill yeah. was almost
2: like a live action cartoon the way they did it.
1: Yeah, exactly. The
2: violence was just so over the top that it didn't even seem like violence, it seemed like, you know, cartoon stuff happening. It,
1: yeah, it's like the you know the action movies where somebody's jumping from an airplane onto a speeding bullet train, and then right. you know gets picked up by a helicopter again and James is hanging Bond off movies, of the. Yeah. Or what's that other? Uh, oh my god! Mission Impossible. The scientist guy That's that scientist? Christian scientist? Guy. What? What? Wait. You're
2: talking about Tom hey, Cruise? Oh my god! Scientologist. Huh? Yes. Tom Cruise, yeah, face? Mission Impossible Tom
1: Cruise, yeah, he was always in those kind of things where it was, it was just laughable
2: he was always, like, they were supposed to be taken more seriously though, because like Mission Impossible yeah. really didn't have a lot of humor in it, but the scenes no. were just so ridiculous, like, being lowered into that room where if you sweat on the floor, then, you know you, they locked the whole building down Right. Yeah. that's just ridiculous even though it's played 100% straight in the movie
0: yeah, pretty much true with a I man, I wish all our guests were as good as Steven. He was just yeah, he, was he was happy a, to be here he had yeah. a sense. Of humor. He was very happy to be here.
1: Yeah, he's been in a lot of stuff and Oh, he's a lot written of stuff. and directed and yeah, he's he's a big deal.
0: it's all true. There's no, no I I really enjoyed him a lot and I I will watch his movie just the fact that uh you know. Okay, I got to run
2: some by Andy. Did you ever watch Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? When you were uh, younger, I didn't watch it, watch it, but I definitely watched some of it. Yeah,
1: yeah, I remember it being on in the house, <clears throat> and
2: I know the whole theme song by heart.
1: Yes, you he do. All right, let's
2: hear it. <laughs> no, thank you.
0: Okay, never mind. Uh, the first trailer for the gritty remake of French uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air is here. It was not a gritty, gritty show remake. It What's says that gritty. That's why I'm well,
1: asking maybe you, it's Andy. It's gritty now. Fresh no, Prince was not
2: gritty, <laughs> believe me. Not at It'd all. It had like you know teachable moments and that kind of thing, but no, it yeah. was a it was a comedy.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. The first uh, trailer for the gritty remake of French Prince of Bel Air is here. Simply titled Bel Air, the one-hour drama tells the same family story of Will's move from West Philadelphia to Bel Air, California. But unlike the 1990 sitcom, this one will deal more with uh, with more serious themes. Uh-huh. It was inspired by a fake trailer by a filmmaker, Morgan Cooper, which went viral and got the attention of none other than Will Smith and is now a real thing, debuting on February 13th on Peacock. The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is getting rebooted, and it'll be darker. No question about that. Will Smith, who talked to Cooper in April of last year, that's Morgan Cooper, of course, filmmaker, about how much he enjoyed the trailer. Now the uh, two are working together to turn the show into reality. The hour-long Bel-Air is now being pitched to streaming services, and a bidding war has ensued. Uh, Also on board, per The Guardian, are all original Fresh Prince producers Benny Medina and Quincy Jones. Cooper will co-write, direct, and executive produce. The showrunner will be Chris Collins of The Wire and Sons of Anarchy. So it's not going to be funny in the least, it doesn't sound like.
2: Sounds like it's going to flop hard. It kind of does, doesn't it? Well,
1: he's sort of moved away from comedy, hasn't he? No, he's still doing...
2: uh, Stuff like, you know... He's not doing comedy, comedy, but he's kind of like Bruce Willis in that any every movie he's in has some sort of, like, comedic flair to it.
0: Oh, oh yeah. Oh, do you think this one will?
2: This one will not, it sounds like. Or yeah, it also it sounds sound. like he's not in it.
0: Oh. Mm, yeah, it doesn't say Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. It's just Bel-Air.
2: <clears throat> yeah, I don't but think the young guy. Smith is... Because this is about young... So the character in... Fresh Prince of Bel Air was also named Will Smith. I think. Yeah, well there you go. So but this it's a young character. He was like you know, a teenager, so yeah. he couldn't right. play that character now. There's the only character he could really play is Uncle Phil, but he'd have to gain a lot of weight for that.
0: Yeah, well that's true, exactly.
2: He'd have to eat a lot of pillowy mounds of mashed potatoes. <laughs> oh
0: God, here we go.
1: So do you want anybody want to take a guess on how many DUIs were arrested over the holidays in Minnesota? <clears throat> you no, know, uh,
0: all-time alone? record, I know that. It uh, an all-time uh, record, I yeah. do know that.
2: I would guess hundreds.
1: How about thousands? Oh, <laughs> my God.
2: What is wrong with people?
1: Authorities made 2,037 DWIs. Oh, oh, that's right, we count them DWIs.
2: Yes, we do. We're the only
1: state that does that, I think. Arrest during the state's extra enforcement campaign. This is from November 24th to December 31st. 2000 what? 21.
0: 2021. No, no, I'm talking about 2000 arrests.
1: 2037.
0: 2037 arrests in a one, about five week period. Yep. Jesus. It's a lot. What did you hear about the guy yesterday? Guy gets pulled over, driving drunk. He and his wife, he's driving, he and his wife, they're home from a bar or something. He gets pulled over, gets a DUI. And uh, they, so they arrest him. So the, uh, the wife says, well, I'll just take the car and take it home. Gets in, starts the car, drives it up over a curb and hits a tree because she's drunker than her husband. Oh,
1: lovely. <laughs> How did you not
0: measure her intoxication level before you let her drive a car that a drunk guy was driving?
1: She seemed okay to me.
0: She was okay. Not a problem at all. Don't worry about a thing. I was
1: down in the gym this morning, and there was somebody, you know, who's got that, like, they were out last night. Oh,
0: God, I hate that And the whole
1: room stinks like booze. Oh,
0: I hate that so much, especially you go to that gym with, like, three or four people who did that. It's like, oh.
1: Well, the good thing was I thought maybe it would kill all the COVID germs.
0: Yeah, it's true. Mm. Yeah, it's true.
1: The blood alcohol concentration of drivers was as high as 0.04, which is five times the legal limit of 0.08. Wait, that doesn't sound right. 0.4 would
2: be five times 0.08. Oh, God, 0.4
0: is a very high alcohol.
1: Oh, 0.4. I was thinking... (gasps) Point oh four. <gasps> Ooh, that point is a lot. 0.4? Four? 0.4.
0: That
2: is We're drunk, high,
0: Two baby.
1: drivers had BCAs Ooh. that high. Well, at least three drivers had BCAs of 0.35. Or oh, above.
0: Andy, you know when they first started doing the uh, blood alcohol level to drive a car when I was a, a kid? Mm-hmm. You know what the level was? Because it's point oh 0.08 right now. You know what it was when I was a kid?
2: It was much higher, right? 0.15. Yikes. <laughs>
1: Oh, I remember my parents going into the cars with alcohol, with drinks in their hands. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: They would yeah. have drinks before they went out. Then they, in the car, they were drinking on the way to go drinking.
2: <laughs> well, I'm blackout, drinking to go drinking, baby. A blackout yeah. happens around .16. So the fact that you could drive... below blackout drunk is uh, probably not great. (laughs) I know. It's like, what were you thinking?
1: There's a uh, St. Paul police arrested a 30-year-old woman who was angry her pizza wasn't ready when she arrived. Sure. She then sped away and rolled her SUV. Her BAC was 0.156. There
0: you go. And then some
1: very sad ones about moms driving with their kids in the car.
0: Oh, Jesus. Which
1: makes me insane.
0: Please don't do that.
1: Oh, uh, in St. Francis, a guy drove through a house, drunk Drove driving. through a house? Yep. Just drove right through a Jesus. house.
0: Jesus. Okay. It's a big there target. There you have it. <clears throat> That's true. It is a big target. There is a <coughs> house on the way down to uh, Red Wing that Mom and I, when we go down to Red Wing, uh, did, to hang out either at the St. James or at Treasure Island, whatever. I am surprised that house doesn't get... You know the one I'm talking about where you take the left to go down to Red Wing? And there's that house on the right side... And it, the 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 road you're turning onto is aimed right at that house. That house has to get hit by cars at least once a year, I would think. Yeah, uh, probably. I mean, my God.
1: In our old stomping grounds, <clears throat> Rogers police re- arrested a man who was wearing one shoe who pulled up to a random house and rang the doorbell. Oops. His BAC was .21. <laughs> oh, that's a lot. That
0: would I mean. be
1: really great. You answer the phone. There's one guy with one shoe. Answer the door, you mean? I mean dance, yeah, answer yeah. the door. And, and he's got one shoe, and he's completely hammered. What that'd do you do about that guy? Yeah,
2: that would be wonderful. No oh, I question. wouldn't
1: answer the door. That's right.
2: I, have, I don't know what my highest BAC ever was, but I was never even close to that point. Oh, God, no. Just like remember going when to we were talking. And not knowing where the hell I am.
1: We were talking to some friend of ours, I won't say who, and uh, his mother had given him a, I guess there's breathalyzers you can just buy. Oh, sure. And of course, you know, instead of using it to figure out if he could drive responsibly or whatever, they just tried to get it as high as they possibly could what (laughs) the breathalyzer count how many god (laughs) oh yeah
2: that was a that was a time-honored tradition i think back then oh was
1: it oh Uh, everyone who had a breathalyzer
2: yeah there was like oh it's well the problem with the breathalyzer though is you have to wait i think like five minutes because otherwise the alcohol in your mouth will give you an artificially high reading
1: I actually know somebody that got out of a DUI once because she said she was pulled over, and I don't really have, I'm not friends with her anymore because of her drinking and driving situation. Um, And she she got pulled over, and she said, well, I just had a cocktail. And he said, oh, okay. And then let her go. (laughs) Well, I mean,
2: technically, if if her blood alcohol content is below .08, but yeah. Well, the correct thing to do would have been to say, okay, wait here for five minutes, and then we'll test you again.
1: It's only five minutes? I
2: think so.
1: Oh, Officer Dave, know. let's
2: see. He says, I am 100% correct. So, hey, oh, look at it that. Seems
1: like it should take longer.
2: Alcohol uh, evaporates very, very quickly. Oh. So, anything that you don't swallow it's going to come out in your breath very quickly.
1: Well, I mean, what if about the guy in the gym today that smelled like booze? Ugh, Maybe that. he drank this morning. I don't know. but He probably yeah, did, have. yes. Ugh.
0: I do know that a friend of mine when I was a kid, his dad would have to get up about every two hours and drink at night. Otherwise, he'd go into the DTs. Yeah, that's
2: uh, Every night. That's a every couple every weeks away hours? from death is what that is. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah He, just, died. he died. Did he bleed out? I'm sure he did, Yeah. yeah. I gotta read this because this don't sound too good, as they say. Doesn't sound too good, but this don't sound too good. Boris Johnson confirmed Wednesday that he attended a garden party at 10 Downing Street in May 2020 in the midst of a coronavirus lockdown, for which there are growing calls for his resignation. Speaking in the House of Commons, the British Prime Minister offered heartfelt apologies after admitting he attended the BYOB party. Bring your own bottle party Mm. for 25 minutes to thank his staff. He acknowledged the rage from those who've made huge sacrifices without this pandemic or throughout this pandemic, excuse me. But he added the work event, which is private secretary touted as socially distanced, was technically within the rules. However, CNN reports people at the time in the U.K. were barred from meeting with more than one person outdoors. I should have recognized it even if I... So he's trying to thank the staff, and they want They say he will be kicked out of the prime minister position. They they literally are saying in, in England that he will be gone. They called him a dead man walking.
1: Well, wonderful. Mm-hmm.
0: I just, but again, he was trying to thank his staff.
1: I, I don't get it. And it was a garden party outside.
0: Uh, it says, uh, yeah, he attended a garden party, was outside.
1: Are they mad about the bring your own booze or the fact that there's a party? <laughs> yeah,
2: I don't know. Well, no, it's just an excuse to get rid of someone they don't like. Exactly. I mean, they That's obviously exactly don't actually care that much, but they're pretending to care because it's politically useful to them.
0: Yeah, I mean, everybody said, matter of fact, uh, here's. Uh, well, um colleague on Boris Johnson, he's a dead man walking after apology over party. Even Tory MPs say the PM may have to go. It's insane. The, these coronavirus rules are getting way, way, way out of line. Now, now, look, he was just trying to thank them. We don't know how far he stood away from them or what, whatever. It is. Did anybody get coronavirus? Did anybody die because he showed up? Maybe you could calm down it a matter. little. Doesn't matter. They
1: just take any little thing and just. They do. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, maybe maybe he's a terrible prime minister. I don't really know. I don't follow him. I don't really follow British politics very carefully. But honest to God, it's getting to the point where you can't do anything without offending the whole world nope. if you're a public oh, God, figure. You're right.
0: Well, he should comb his hair once in a while. That I would say. He does
1: say. look a little bit disheveled.
0: <laughs> he looks really disheveled. I don't know my, enough about him to have an opinion on him. I Whatever, it all works out in the end.
2: Yeah, this so already happened I, well, almost two years ago. Yeah, so almost like, two years ago. I mean, yep. they're clearly mm-hmm. just, it's a political assassination is all it is. It's, well, that's what it is now.
0: I mean, I, I've had people come after me for no reason whatsoever just because they can do it now. And people will tolerate you going after someone.
2: Yeah, apologizing like I said, was the worst thing he could do because it makes him oh, yeah. weak.
0: Yeah, that ain't ever going to happen with me. It didn't come after me all I want. It ain't ever going to happen. You
1: should have said, feed him to the gators.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Feed him. Call
2: Stephen and feed him to the gators. Well, that is one thing well, that no Western country has right now is a strong political voice. That's true. Everyone is You're either right. a coward or just a bandwagoner. That's true. You're absolutely right about Except that. For the Russians. No, I, that's true. The badass. Russians. Yeah, they'll they'll badass. play hardball. Well,
0: in the second part, before our guest comes on, at, uh when the last half hour, we'll talk about the fact that the Chinese have now invented their own sun.
1: Oh, how'd they do that?
2: Oh, they um, they achieved fusion.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it makes me a little nervous that there's going to be another mechanical sun up in the sky over China.
1: Well, not mm. up in the sky. Maybe that should be discussed.
0: Hey, what do you mean, uh, where else would it be, Andy? Inside of a reactor. No, it's a satellite. A satellite? Yeah, I'll try to track down the story mm. and we'll do it to kick off the second. Well, that uh, makes we, no sense. We'll take a break and be right back in just a few minutes with the family.